Hello everyone, Lewis Clark, aka Sonic Yoda from SegaDriven.com, and you are listening to the Sega Lounge. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, a podcast dedicated to our love for all things Sega, be it the games, the music, or the community. I'm KC. In each episode, I'll be talking to different guests and sharing their projects and their passion for Sega. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode number 123, or if you prefer, episode 24 of season 5 of the Sega Lounge. It also is the mid-season finale of the show because we'll be on summer break for the next four weeks. With all the stuff that's been going on in the world for the past few months, it's hard to believe that it's been over five months since I brought back the show for a new season. And I don't know about you, but I'm personally very happy with all that we've done so far. We've had industry legends like Howard Drossen, Johnny Gioelli and Mineko Okamura and Takumi Yoshinaga. I've talked to the people behind some newer Sega projects like Ben Ansom of Forever Entertainment and Cyril of .mu and Ben Fique of Lizard Cube. And let's not forget community greats like Rob KTA, the Saturn Junkyard team, or even this week's guest. Hopefully you've enjoyed what we've been doing around the lounge and I hope you join me for the second part of the season in September. A quick note before we move on to talking about this week's guest. Last week we covered Dreamcast Year 2, a book that is currently being funded through Kickstarter. I'm really happy to say that it's very, very, very close to being fully funded at the time I'm recording this, and it's only been two days since the project went live. I personally backed the project so I can grab both Year 2 and Year 1 books, because I missed out on the first one last year, so if you're interested, check out the link in the show notes and pledge at the tier of your choosing. Congrats to Andrew and the rest of the team, by the way. This week, I finally get to talk with the living legend of the Sonic and Sega community. For some reason, it took me a long time to ask him to come on the show. Silly Casey. The webmaster of SegaDriven.com and SonicYoda.org before it, our guest is an old-school Sega fan, a musician, a former Radio Sega show host, and I could go on and on. His website and YouTube channel are personal favorites of mine. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure and an honor to welcome this week's guest, Mr. Lewis Clark, aka Sonic Yoda. Hello, Lewis. Welcome to the Sega Lounge. Oh, good, good to be here finally after yeah, knowing each other for so long. I think this is the first yeah. time we've spoken directly, isn't it, as well? I, I think it, in, a, in a sort of a, an interview uh, matter, I yeah, think so. Yeah, we've, we've definitely a, a had couple of words, obviously, in the past, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. But yeah, but it's it's been too long, actually. It's Absolutely. On my, on my end, this, on my fault, this, because uh, <laughs> we, we definitely needed to have... Uh, a representative of Sega Driven on the show at some oh, point. Oh, that's very kind of you, buddy. Thank you. And it's it's a pleasure and an honor to have such a legend 
the community <laughs> as you... no i'm being serious here because um i actually we're, we're kind of old farts now yeah definitely 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 uh, <laughs> but i i haven't joined the community in in that long so i i actually joined the online community uh, you know a little bit late in my life and okay. when i remember i i think the first major website that i uh came across was the sonic stadium yep uh, and the ssmb uh and then i realized some people were considered to be you know important respected uh, <laughs> legends uh, and one of them was uh some bloke called sonic yoda and uh, <laughs> and and a website called sonic yoda at the time as well yes right? yeah 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 um so, wow that's a long yeah. time ago now yeah um well that's extremely flattering so thank you very much for calling me a legend but um <laughs> um I, I i feel like my influence on the sonic and sega side of things has been pretty pretty small in, in, in the grand scheme of things but you know it's always just been something i've enjoyed and sort of kept up with but yeah so mm -hmm. sonic yoda the original website i think was founded in about 1999 um and yeah it was the sonic the hedgehog website um and where my namesake comes from um and yeah it was basically a case of a very similar thing i was um up, you know looking for websites in the community and i think the first few i sort of landed upon were Sonic Fan Games HQ and Sonic HQ. Um, Sonic Stadium would have definitely been early on as well, but I don't think they were the first. Um, but yeah, it was very much a case of like, oh wow, there's all these people making websites about things that I'm into. Why don't I give it a go? Um, quickly started a GeoCities account and um, <laughs> started as you did teach. Back in the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and started to teach myself HTML. So um, that was pretty much the the. The, the thing to be honest with you and i'm sure most of my content was stolen from other websites but um <laughs> how how do you learn otherwise i guess this is the this is the thing isn't it i was very young at the time sure. and it was very much just a case of oh here's here's a place where i can pour my fanboy ish <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, side of me out onto the internet and that was that really so yeah we did that for seven years i think before i decided to knock it on the head um and if I remember correctly, the sort of the deciding factor was it must have been about two thousand eight because I think two thousand eight, yeah, I think yeah, so. yeah. Um, because uh, we were hot off the back of Sonic Six, uh, which was a real disappointment and something very difficult to be uh, passionate about. And I wasn't too keen on Unleashed at the time as well, so um, that really kind of put the nail in the coffin, which is a shame because I've learnt to to like Unleashed a little bit more <laughs> in more recent years. Um, <laughs> But uh yeah so I I was doing a subsite off off the back of Sonic Yoda called Mega Driven which was just mm -hmm. a little uh yeah I I tried to create my own sort of network as it was I love everybody loves to do that sort of thing website rings and things like that and one of the subsites was Mega Driven which was very much just me doing my take on I don't know if you've ever been to sega16.com yep yep um big fan of that website used to absolutely mm -hmm. adore that loved the fact that there were so many reviews of like everything on there and i kind of wanted to do a similar thing so i started a you know mega drive and um yeah mega cd 16-bit focus basically was the idea um and yeah um did that for a little bit um really enjoyed that and it would just seemed like a, the obvious thing to to continue doing that once sonic Yoda had closed, so kind of amalgamated the two to become Sega Driven, essentially. And I think we started 
Sega Driven properly in December 2008. So, yeah. Yeah. And then so. I've been doing yeah. that since. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very much just a natural carry on from that. I can still do the Sonic stuff when I want to. Um, because, you know, I'm still quite passionate about that franchise, even when it has its ups and downs. Um, but at the same time, there's lots of other Sega stuff. I've always had, uh, a Mega Drive in my, <laughs> in my ownership at any given point in my life. And it just seems like a natural fit to just continue mm-hmm. to be, you know, very passionate about Sega stuff because I always have been. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's yeah. been really fun. It's always been something that I've fallen back on as, as projects have come and go. I've always, I've always come back to Sega Dream just because it's something I've always been, yeah, very passionate about. It's just one mm-hmm. of those things, isn't it? It's like you find your groove and yeah, Sega's yeah. always been something I've really enjoyed. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think many people, including myself, enjoy Sega Driven as well. Um, oh, thank you very we'll, much. We'll, we'll talk about that in, in a bit. Let's rewind yeah. a little bit. Yeah, um, And can you share with us how did your love for Sega or even for video games in general start? Okay, well, um, yeah, so I got my first Mega Drive for the Chris, for Christmas in 1991. I would have been about four years old, and it came bundled with... Sonic 1 and Mega Games 1, which is the one with yes. Super Hang On, World Cup Italia 90, and Columns on it, I think. Yep, yep. Classic. Um, yep, absolutely. So, yeah, those were my first two games. Um, and like I say, I've, I've lev- I've, I don't think I've ever not had that system in my entertainment setup. It's always been plugged in. It's always been connected to a television. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I've just all constantly collected for the Mega Drive. It's always been one of my favorites. Um, later on... When a friend of the family got his first PlayStation, he gave me his Mega CD as a hand-me-down, and that enhanced that. Obviously, then I went mad for Mega CD. Um, when I first started using eBay and things like that, Mega CD games were definitely one of my my first purchases to <laughs> enhance that collection. I really, really enjoyed. Didn't have too much initially for the Mega CD. It was things like, um, oh, Time Gal, uh, Jaguar XJ220. Everybody had the Sega collection with the the five Mega Drive games on it, mm-hmm. um, and I'm trying to think what else we came had with it. Uh, oh yeah, um, Cobra Command and Solfies as a collection as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, those were those are probably my earliest. Um, I think unfortunately we skipped the Saturn because uh, my dad is a huge racing game fan, and his favourite was always Super Hang On. He liked he liked the old simulation races, and when the PS One came around with Gran Turismo, that was. Uh, that was why we went uh, PS1 instead. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, but then I came back around it ga- again, and I, I got a Dreamcast sort of 2003, like a year or two after the system had um, unfortunately met its demise. But that was a lovely system to, to collect for. And um, yeah, a bizarrely yeah. small library, but incredibly quality. I, I think that's just the absolute um, defining factor of that system. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's most of my... And I, and the Mega Drive would have been my fo- my first video game system and my own personal first you know experience with a video game. I, I don't th- don't remember going to arcades or anything like that any younger. I mean, I was only four years old, so I wouldn't have been. Yeah, yeah. probably not. <laughs> probably not tall enough to even reach the, the joysticks <laughs> on the cabinets. But um, yeah, I definitely remember seeing family and friends also had a Mega Drive prior to me owning one. I definitely my uncle definitely had one, and I remember seeing Castle of Illusion very early on and being absolutely terrified of the sequence where the giant apple rolls you rolls down the hill (laughs) behind you absolutely scared the crap out of me as a kid but yeah um 
yeah, so those are those are definitely my earliest memories, all very sort of Mega Drive related. I I I, I don't know why I didn't hit on the eight bit side first, but it, yeah, I just I suppose ninety one was prime era for Mega Drive, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, when I got my Mega Drive as well. Christmas oh, well, there you and go. There you go. Yeah, yep, yep. That makes sense. Same oh, yeah. same game, same bundle. So yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, well, a, a classic. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm glad we yeah. have that shared. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm. So you were four. In '91, so I yeah, was seven. Oh, yeah. okay, so you're so, a little bit older. So a little yep, bit yep. older. Yep. I remember uh, seeing Sonic One, I think, a few months earlier at yep, an uncle's yep. house as well. So yep, yep, yep. Yeah, M- my thing, not the Rolling Apple sequence <laughs> in Castle Illusion. It was the Robotnik theme music in Sonic One. Oh it really? Scared yeah, the yeah. crap out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't oh. play with sound on. I had to mute my TV every time. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I love, I love memories like that. There's lots of little things from my youth where I'm like, they absolutely terrified me at the time, but we come back around to them as an adult, and you kind of really like respect what they were mm-hmm. trying to do, and you can un- you can understand why it sort of gets you that way. Um, <laughs> lots of little cartoons and things that had like m- moments of you know horror and suspense and things like that, and it's yeah. like. Oh, it really affect you as a kid, but you come around and see it, and it's like, oh wow, they were doing something quite interesting there, you know. <laughs> um, it was definitely games like that as well. I remember, I mean, going off Sega topic for a moment, but like I remember first seeing um, Mario sixty four on a demo kiosk in Toys R Us, and just in that pool out the front of the castle, just swimming around, and just the fact that there was no music and it was all muted because you were underwater, mm-hmm. just being so like scared of that like feeling that atmosphere that it created you know it, it's it's such a happy looking game and then it's like but why isn't there any happy music and it's just like <laughs> just doesn't doesn't vie up you know like um so yeah um i definitely had lots of moments like that as a kid but yeah, yeah you get to appreciate the sort of atmosphere that they were building mm-hmm. there's lots of stuff lots of stuff like that on the mega drive in particular i mean echo is another great example of how oh for sure yeah. super atmospheric that is and i know that a lot of people have said that that's very scary for them as a kid as well so i i made the huge mistake of selling of trading actually echo for another oh, really? game uh, oh, okay. and the game that i traded for uh, was uh, green dog <laughs> uh of all the games that I, yeah, I could have I chosen. Have, <laughs> I have a really early memory of Green Dog as well because um, I don't know um, how, what sort of um, magazines you got out out there, but um, over here we had um, Meme Machines mm-hmm. and Meme Machine Sega. And I, I remember an early issue that I got had a VHS on the cover and it had beta footage of Sonic 2 on it, but also um, gameplay footage of Green Dog on it. And I remember that being my first exposure to that and just being like, I can't quite comprehend what the character's supposed to be because he's got no yes. face. And <laughs> is that a hat? Is that uh, yeah, hair? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is that like the same a sort straw hat? <laughs> <laughs> but I think yeah, as as I've seen more, you know, artwork of it and things, I think it's supposed to be a sort of stylized haircut, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, I yeah. think so. He's like a, a a surfer dude. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's that, that's why I treated um, I treated in Echo because I was really scared. <laughs> of not being able to breathe for too long. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Absolutely. And in hindsight, uh, the game was amazing, and now I, I really love it. <laughs> but back in the day, I, I just couldn't do it. And the, the there was uh, this, I think it was in the Undercave stage, you had to swim past the, the octopus. Yes, yeah. yeah uh, that's pretty early on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that that got me. That was too scary for me. 
Yeah, yeah. That's such a big character sprite as well. Like, um, yeah. yeah. You don't really see an awful lot of stuff like that, unless it's bosses, oh. really, on, on Sega games, isn't it? Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. So you mentioned um, your father being a, a huge fan of racing games. I know yep, you yep. are as well. Yes, absolutely. That's Whoever why I get it from, I think. follows you on so, social yeah. media and whatnot. <laughs> They get that. Was it from from him that you got that that passion? Oh, for... abs- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. He's always been in motorsport um, himself. Um, he mm-hmm. he used to race classic motorcycles, which I think is again what sort of gravitated him towards like super hang on things like that. Um, and yeah, so I I've always been more my pers- personally on the Arcadia side of the spectrum. I really like um, sort of over exaggerated like drifting physics and things like that. So I love things mm-hmm. like Outrun Two and. Um, Daytona and stuff like that. Whereas, yeah, my dad's always kind of been more on the slant of the more realistic side of things. So, um, I remember he really liked, um, there's, there's a, there's an F1 game on the Mega Drive called Domark F1, um, which has sort of polygonal 3D backgrounds, but the actual cars themselves are sprites. It's quite an impressive little game considering it's not using any, you know, SVP chip or anything like that. So um, that was that was one I remember quite quite playing quite a lot. Um, he was obviously really into the Super Monaco games. Um, again, those are quite yeah. more simulation based than Al- than arcadey. Um, I've I've still never quite sussed out why even when you play those games in automatic transmission, you can press <laughs> down and it sometimes shifts the gears down and makes that weird noise and it slows the car down. It really confuses me. But um, yeah, he loved it's those. It's the same for Outrun as well, right? Um, Even if in auto gear you can, uh, I don't think Outrun th- or Mega Drive has automatic gearing. I, th- I know it does on really? the Game Gear version, and it will automatically shift from low to high for you. But I think you're always in control of the gearing on the Mega Drive version. Really, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. one one of the versions of Outrun. Maybe the Sega Ages one or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, but but me- several games had that. You were yeah yeah. You, you, you chose despite, automatic yeah. transmission, but you could still. Shift uh, up and down, and shift, yeah, it's a yeah, bit strange, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he he's definitely a big influence on that. Um, and yeah, I've, I've carried that through. It's it's still something I really really enjoy. Um, but like I say, mainly the Arcadia side of things. So um, as I've as I've grown up, I've definitely find that as my niche, and I really like that about re- the retro gaming side of things as well. Is that you can't really make your driving game that simulation based. There's there's very much yeah. strict limitations in place to make it kind of feel arcadey because you can't really go all in with, you know, fuel and tire depletion and damage <laughs> models and things like that. You can't really do it too much. I mean they they they've de- there's definitely attempts at doing that. Super Monaco GPs definitely uh, mm-hmm. has a great um you know, if you if you hit things too hard you will crash and retire. Um but yeah, most of the time the handling model is very, you know, tight and arcadey and not so so loose and skiddy and the cars don't fishtail or anything like that just because the mm-hmm. systems obviously can't do that but um yeah and i prefer that i've I've definitely tried simulation races in more modern context and they're fine for what they are and i i, I appreciate there's a market for that sort of thing but for me I, i'd much rather feel like i'd, I'd much prefer the arcade style because it makes you feel like you're driving like a badass and <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily fun. not necessarily because you are a driving badass right <laughs> um so yeah so that's yeah it's, it's it's more fun for me absolutely yes same same here i'm more mm. of a reach racer type guy than a absolutely Gran same. Yeah, yeah yeah i so agree with you completely burnout yeah. all of those yeah, yeah absolutely definitely definitely so yeah so that's that's some of the content that people can enjoy uh, some yes, recent games. Absolutely. That's so great. yeah, we do that. I, I I try to alternate with the. So there's on Sega Driven. We have a YouTube channel as well, and mm-hmm. 
I have a little series on there called Mega Driving Club where I try to focus on Sega racing games or racing games published on Sega systems. And um, yeah, you'll always see quite a heavy sort of arcade slant on that side of things. Um, and yeah, I recently did um, the Sega Rally Revo port to the PSP as most probably mm-hmm. the most recent episode on that. And yeah, that's a lovely port as well. I think that's really overlooked as well because um, the, the 360 port and PS3 port is absolutely fantastic and brilliant game. But that, that PSP version is also doing some really cool things that you wouldn't have thought that it could it could work. It can't do the sort of track deformation that the uh, the bigger its bigger brother can do, but it 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 does try it really well. It actually continues to to leave the trails, the marks of the the tires on the on the on the road, so that you can at least follow them, and it still has the same effect as if you were driving in the in the um in the grooves that you were on the PS3 and 360 version. So you gain mm-hmm. that extra speed. So it's a really lovely port. Um, highly recommended. I but like yeah. the the Rally the Africa video that you. Oh, put that out. was fun! I think yeah, last yeah. week, maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, that was excellent. Yeah, that was it, really it's fun. It's definitely a Sega Rally clone. <laughs> oh, completely, completely. I remember. So, um, <laughs> I don't know if this is the right place to talk about this sort of thing, but um, uh, if you owned a PS One, I'm sure at some point uh, you knew someone who had a chipped PS One, or mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, we we definitely had. We didn't have the, a chipped PS1, but we had something that had this cartridge that you plugged into the expansion bay at the back of the PS1, and it would allow you to um, to boot imports or um, burned copies of games. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Rally the Africa was one of those, because um, yeah, it's a it's a Japanese exclusive, um, and yeah, I don't I I always remember enjoying playing it, but I don't think I had the full context because obviously we missed the Sega Saturn era. Mm-hmm. It didn't really know how close it was to Sega Rally <laughs> until later <laughs> on and it's like oh okay this is a complete ripoff so um yeah it was it's a fun little thing to to look at because it's it, yeah it's so shamelessly ripping off like that <laughs> that game in particular um but yeah really fun little thing someone has also brought to light there's a there's a PS1 racing game called Burning Road which is supposedly like the PS1 ripoff of Daytona USA so that's going to be something oh. that I that I try and visit for the channel coming coming up soon. So as I'm really curious about that, um, <laughs> see how close that is to to the game it's trying to ape. So yeah, awesome, awesome. <laughs> so uh, going back to SegaDriven.com. So what can people find there? What kind of coverage? Uh, okay. Yeah. Do you offer people who visit the website? Yeah. So it's a bit of a a melding between an old school fan site with information and resources but also the sort of modern blog style news format. So we do have the news. Um, you'll see, you know, key um, Sega news and things like that. So um, y- your regular game announcements and reveals and things like that will hit the front page and we'll, we'll try and keep people up to date as to how development is going with certain um, um, releases and yeah, that coming, coming up. Uh, so yeah, lots of new stuff. We also try and report on what's going on in homebrew scenes and, you know, because... Um, the Dreamcast is obviously very active, so it's nice to see every now and again you get a new Dreamcast release that you can talk about. And yeah, it's we just try and keep the the Sega news nice and varied and interesting. But um, the bit, the side of the website that I still very much enjoy running is the sort of information and resources. So there's a a huge um, information database on Sega hardware and peripherals, and I try to write a feature and take photographs of everything that I can and. If I can't 
source the system myself, then I'll try and ask, you know, friends that have one and so that we actually have high quality images of a direct system and I'm not just taking things from another website because mm -hmm. I, you know, I've definitely moved away from that <laughs> leaning from my youth. Um, there's a huge sort of merchandise catalog as well. I'm trying to catalog as many books and, mu and music releases and, um, magazines and things. Um, mm -hmm. and it's very much just sort of, me trying to archive what I own, but at the same time, it's I try and widen it a little bit. And if if friends have things that they can that they're they're willing to to scan or photograph and things like that, then I'm happy to include them. But um, I think the problem with those things is that if you if you if you chuck your net too wide and try and catalog every single piece of merchandise, I mean Sonic alone is just going to be impossible, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, that's why I always try and focus on the things that that come through my own collection, so that it's it's nice and easy to, for me to to photograph it in the way I like and write the piece on it the way that I want it to be. And yeah, so it's, it's not yeah. extensive, but I try and make it as extensive as I can because, you know, like anybody that's into Sega and stuff like that, you, you do have a collector's mindset, I think. Um, maybe not so, so I'm, I'm not so wild that I feel like I need everything, but I, there's certain things that I definitely want to, to be able to catalog and, you know, share with people to say that, so that they can discover them for themselves. Um, I'm the thing I'm really proud of in particular is the the book section of the merchandise catalog um, mm -hmm. because I don't think it's something that's widely sort of archived anywhere. There's lots and lots of books and cover mount books that came with magazines and things like that that are ju they're just not sort of archived anywhere. So it's 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 really nice to to try and get as much of that on online as possible, including, you know, ISB, ISBN numbers so people can look these things up and potentially buy them if they want to, to, to own a copy and things. Um, so that's been really fun. Um, that, and the thing I'm currently working on at the moment as well is home video releases because, again, that's another side of Sega you don't really see yeah. spoken about an awful lot. And there's some interesting stuff out there. Obviously, there's the Bayonetta animated film. We've obviously got the... Sonic movie that came out earlier this year and things, things like that. There's the weird Uwe Boll like House of the Dead films, <laughs> and things yes. like that. So, so there's some really strange, interesting items there that I think that are largely ignored, and I just I find them kind of fascinating. So it's just mm -hmm. it's just nice to be able to to go through them and watch, but also at the same time, you know, share your opinions and let other let other people know that if they're interested in that side of things, then there is options available to you it's not as extensive as say you know music releases or book releases or magazines but there are some interesting little things i mean I, as of recently i i found there's a football manager documentary film um and logged that on the website and that's a really interesting watch uh, such a strange side of things that you wouldn't have thought would make a good documentary film but it's a perfectly watchable thing um wasn't there yeah. a comedy show as well it's based on that basically so oh. the 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 lead uh the 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 main sort of uh guest or commentator that 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 um starts the documentary piece is the guy that was running the um the comedy show around the country and he gets featured quite prominently in the documentary and but yeah they use him sort of to frame the piece so they talk about the origins of football manager and how it was developed and how it you know it went from i think the original games were premier manager and championship manager and then uh, as when Sports Interactive were formed, it became Football Manager and how their huge player database of stats and things has actually affected the the real life sport and how they now work with a real football stats team. And mm -hmm. they used an awful lot of Football Manager stats in particular uh, as a basis for for building up their own player stats. And that's it's, it's a really interesting thing. I'm, I'm not a massive 
football guy to be honest with you but it, 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 you know it was interesting enough for me to watch and i think that's that's a sign of a good film right you know like it mm-hmm. engaged me enough to stick with it um so yeah it's just it's fun to see how diverse um you know collecting as a sega fan can be because it's not just you know figurines and statues and games it's there's lots there's lots of other avenues and alleyways that you can explore some really it's definitely not just sonic yeah, absolutely. This is the thing. Yeah. There's, there, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of Sonic stuff out there, and <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I'm a big Sonic fan, so it's it's great that there's so much variety and choice out there. But at the same time, it's think if you've got, if you are a Sega fan, then you've got more of an inclination to be into different franchises, obviously. And yeah, it's just nice to see how much is out there. There's some really interesting bits and pieces. I mean. Even if you just wanted to collect comics, in in particular over here in in, in the UK, uh, we had Sonic the Comic, and there are two graphic novel collections of um, there's a Streets of Rage one and a Shinobi one, and I don't think an awful lot of people know that those are out there, and it's really nice that you know there are there is a lot more to offer than just Sonic, you know, when it, when you when you start to delve deeper. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Mm. I actually am partial to the merchandise uh, section of the website. Oh, thank I really you. Really like this, yes. Uh, the books, in particular, I agree with what you said. Not many people, not many websites actually catalog. Yeah. Uh, the the different things that actually came out regarding different Sega franchises and whatnot. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I really appreciate this. I w- one thing that I appreciate about Sega Driven is that it uh, it does its own thing. Right. Yeah, so. I mean, I've, I've, I, I mean, the thing is, is, I think I've just always carried on that mentality of how I used to run Sonic Yoda when I was doing the Sonic fan site. It was, um, it was very much a case of like, well, I, I want it to be this big information resource. I, I looked at websites like the Sonic Stadium and Sonic HQ, and I saw that they had these enormous libraries of like cheats for all the games, and just you know, it, it was just really interesting to sort of delve deep into these websites and saw what, see what they offered and. And I've I've just sort of carried that mentality forward, to be honest with you. There's not an awful lot of people running fan sites nowadays that ran, run them as information resources. I think they're all very sort of news-based, sort yes. of blog format where they where they're sort of writing features and things like that, um, which is great. Don't get me wrong; I'm not knocking that style at all. It's just that the way I've grown up in the community and the, the sort of fan sites that I remember and was passionate about were the ones that sort of yeah, built these massive information resources and I've always found that really interesting and I'd like to think that at some point Sega Driven will have like a, a huge library of game reviews and like um, hardware information resource and merchandise stuff as well and that, that makes me really happy. I just I like to continue to add to it and it, after years and years of work to it, you look back at it and it's like, oh wow, you know, this is really accumulated to something quite, you know, important i feel like this mm-hmm. quite a nice little information resource i, I mean yeah as important to me anyway like <laughs> i like to think it's important to other people but I, I i i think i've always run it as like a passion project i'd like it to be reflective that this is a website run by a fan of these properties not someone who's just out there to you know gain sort of i don't know you know cr- cred with other websites or people and hmm. things like that i'm not i'm not that bothered to be honest with you i'd rather i'd rather continue to find joy and passion with through, through running that website than just doing it for the sake of doing it you know so um and i think i've maintained that you know i, I hope it comes across that it's a sega fan running this website and he's absolutely passionate about the pro- the, the the properties that he's talking about 
Yeah, so, um, I, I think yeah. I think that definitely shows, and I think that's what differentiates uh, your website from others, right? Mm. Um, I think nowadays news are something or is something that we can find everywhere. Even yeah, yeah. Sonic News, Sega News, it's easy. There are lots of websites, absolutely, fan absolutely. websites, or even mainstream uh, journalist, game journalist. Uh, well, the news side of so. things as well has kind of shifted to more YouTube centric stuff now. I think the yeah, U- sure. YouTube news like pages are very, very popular at the moment, and mm. I think um, it's kind of left the blog format in the past a little bit, and it was in a strange way. I mean, there's always going to be um, a place for that, and I know that people obviously. There are people that prefer written content over video, you know, video content because written content you can read anywhere. You don't have to <laughs> uh, bother anybody else with sound and things like that. Yeah. Whereas it's, a lot of people do like to sit down at the, in the evening and watch their YouTube shows, and there's there's that 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 um, delivers to that fan base as well. So there's a there's a definite benefit for both. But um, yeah, it definitely feels like the news side of things now is a lot more beneficial for the video format where it's a nice mm. bite size you can do a little roundup of everything that's happened in the in the week or recently if there's a big news story then you can do you can dedicate an entire video to it um but yeah so i mean i like the video side of things obviously i, I do the same youtube channel as well but i like i like to try and again add something a little bit different to the picture so it's not and just personal i think right yeah absolutely absolutely so like it's always i i I've tried. I, I, it took a little while to get there, but I think this year in particular, I've really settled into a groove where I like to do something different. Every video, different focus, different game. Try and go as niche as possible, you know, like because these are the sort of things I'm passionate about, right? So we'll do crazy videos about like five platformers that are like obvious Sonic clones or things like that, you know. And it's just, just cool little niche subjects like that, and I think. Again, it, my my passion for those things comes through more than it would be than just me. I mean, with the YouTube side of things, I can see that there are certain types of videos and certain types of subjects that people like to watch, right? But for me personally, I wouldn't want to just do those things over and over and over because it would be boring. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like it would just I'd lose my my interest in in the whole thing. So yeah, yeah. I I try and keep it varied. I try and keep it interesting for myself. And sometimes things hit, sometimes things don't. And that's fine, you know, whatever. I I it's like I I made something that I was passionate about and hopefully if someone drifts by it and watches it and sees that oh, you know, this guy really cares about this thing, then then they'll stick around sort of thing. But um I appreciate that with YouTube people come to a channel for a certain thing and maybe i don't give them that all the time um but at the same time it's like well at least you get something interesting each time you know it's it's just you get to see how i engage with sega and and their properties and just I, i'm not i'm never into one particular thing all the time you know i, I jump around i like racing games i like platformers mm-hmm. i you know it's just it's just the way I am as a person. So again, it's just a reflection of who I am, really. And that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> yeah, you very much. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So that that's a, a good question. How uh, did you manage to? Because you know, we we all love Sega. Yeah, some yeah. more than others. I'm sure yeah, people are listening to us and saying, "Yeah, Sega, it's okay." Yeah. But uh, we, we most of us at least uh, love Sega. Have yeah. loved Sega for a, a long time. But at some point. Maybe we get disappointed in a franchise like Sonic, for example. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, or maybe we that 
certain that particular game doesn't click with us mm. uh, in a certain way and maybe we look at other things but even though you're a, a retro gamer as well because yeah, yeah. I, I know that about you um you know you love games in general but you've been able to constantly been producing content for for your website about Sega you keep coming yeah. back to these retro systems to these old games how do you mm. manage to keep your interest about those things, those games, and not maybe be distracted by something new that's come out and now I don't want Sega anymore. I'm just going to do something different. Just yeah, I mean, shift to Switch games or something. Yeah, I know what you mean. And, I mean, yeah, obviously, this is the great, great thing about Sega is that, obviously, what, what with them going third party, they their, their games are available for everything, right? So there's there's no shortage of... Sega releases that you can get on different systems, so it, yeah. you know that you can, I can continue to carry my my interest and my passion for the whole for, for that publisher and their and their properties. But at the same time, there's so much of it because I mean the Mega Drive itself is just such a broad topic because it was such a massive success, huge library of games for it. I think there's something like 800 odd games on that system, a big big system to to cover. So it's almost like an endless well of like information for me to 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 be interested in because all right maybe i get to a point where i've covered all the racing games for the mega drive right but then there'll be loads of other platformers and rpgs and puzzle games there's just so 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 much there and I, i've always been intrigued by just libraries and seeing what else the system offers and then there's other Sega systems as well. You know, you can you can look at the Master System, you can look at the Game Gear, you can look at the 32X. There's lots and lots of that of stuff there, and it's all. I I mean, I love that retro side of things because it's so simplistic, and my mind really functions well with 2D, and I just it, it it really clicks with me. It's just so pick up and play. You don't really need to look at an instruction manual or play a tutorial stage to get a game. It's like it's so apparent when you look at the f first screen of a stage and the character, you know, that what you're supposed to be doing. It's like, oh, you know, this is a mascot character. Obviously, I'm going to be running and jumping around and jumping on things' heads. <laughs> you know, it's it's so it's so easy to pick up and play. And I've got a, I've got time for modern gaming. Absolutely, I still you know play modern systems. I've got a Switch. I've got a PS4. Um, but there's there's a barrier of entry to those which I'm, I've never been as passionate for. Whereas you play a Mega Drive game or a Master System game, you turn the system on, within seconds you're playing the game. Whereas you play a modern game, you sit through about 10 different publisher logos <laughs> and studio <laughs> logos. You can't skip them. <laughs> You've had to wait for the thing to install. You've had to wait for it to update. It's just... It's so, there's such a huge barrier of entry there, and I and I think that's why I've always been very passionate about handhelds in particular because the Switch does have a bit of that, but to 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 a lesser degree, you can still be playing a game within you know a minute of 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 actually booting it up. It's it's not it's not too long, and install times aren't particularly long. Updates are very are very small, um, so. There's, there's that, that that will always appeal because I'm into the game very quickly and I'm, and I'm, you know, interacting with it and I'm, I much prefer that. But yeah, I think that's how I've managed to maintain my interest in mm -hmm. their franchises so much because Sega has that mentality sort of in their, in their DNA almost. Like there's such a, the arcade gaming is so, so much Sega's thing. And even to this day, you can, you can pick up a new Sega game and, and almost know you'll be playing it very quickly. Like for, Case in point, Sonic Mania, right? That came out a couple yeah. of years ago now, and 
again, you can be playing Sonic Mania actually in a stage, playing using the characters within seconds, because there's probably two screens of publisher and developer, a title screen, and then boom, you're in. Um, which is the Sega mentality, which is why I've always been passionate about that company. It's just, it really puts the actual game forward instead of all the other stuff around it. Like, they don't boast about what engine they're using or, you know, how many <laughs> publishers have had their hand yeah. on the thing. It's, it's, it's very much a case of, right, let's get people playing. And they've always had that. Um, even more re- recently, you know, they're, they're doing things like, um, Two Point Hospital, which is such a throwback to Theme Hospital. And it's, it, it's got that old school Sega mentality where it's like, okay, these are, this, this sort of era, this sort of retro PC era is very much what people remember us for because we're, we're the guys that do Total War, right? And Football Manager. So it makes sense for us to have a, a hospital sim and, you play those games and again you're in the action really quickly it's there's there's not a lot of messing around because they they know their audience they know that the people that are coming to that game have played the previous one and it, they don't need to sugarcoat it you know it's like let's get people playing if they if they if they, they want a tutorial it's there on the menu somewhere but you don't need it like straight away it's 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 i much prefer mm-hmm. that i th- i think you even get that with a lot of modern sonic games and like i mean, it's always been one of my things i really liked about sonic rush the original one was just you press game start, you're in the first stage. It doesn't yeah. tell you any of the new <laughs> mechanics or anything like that. You just figure them out yourself. And it's not hard to do, you know. People are inquisitive and playful as a as you know natural people, you know. That's just the way you are. You will always try and muck, 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 muck around and see what the buttons do. And yeah, it, Sonic Rush, you instantly start to learn that there's a trick system and you can you can do th- extra things in the air and it's it, you just do it through play. Whereas... Sonic Rush Adventure is very slow and it like okay these are the new things that we've introduced and it's like uh, you missed the point here lads like the first one <laughs> the first one knew what you were going to do and it was I, I love that sort of thing so yeah it's I, it's just such an interesting company isn't it like they've gone from being like huge market leaders outselling Nintendo at, at their prime and then going third party and then quite not really quite finding their feet and really ignoring their legacy franchises and then sort of relying them on, on them again and doing lots of stuff with them recently. We've had Sonic Mania, we've had Streets of Rage 4, we've had Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap, you know, and it's just so cool that these things are happening again and they actually re- oh, for sure. they recognise yeah. that their legacy franchises have like worth and are and are important to people. I, I, it's super cool. I really love to see it and yeah, it's Again, it's 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 an easy company to be passionate about because they're just so strange and interesting. <laughs> They've done some really odd things. I mean, like mid two thousands when they're they are yeah. at their best, right? When they're yeah, strange yeah. and unusual. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I, I like even if like the quality isn't there, there's something going on that you're just like, oh, I, I really want to try that. You know, like that for a case in point, I. I recently went back to the um, Altered Beast PS2 remake thing. Okay. And that is not a good game. <laughs> but it's so fascinating because it's such a product of its time. It's like, okay, how do we do an Altered Beast game in the mid-2000s? Like, what do people want out of it? And they go all in on the horror. Every time you transform into a different beast, it's like really horrific. And the character like bursts out of the flesh. And it's just like, oh, okay. So like this is very much sort of... We're going that Resident Evil route because that's the big thing at the time, right? Mm. And it's just interesting to see. Like, that's, that will always be interesting for me. Like, it's just how do you make your 
legacy properties work in a in the current franchise in the current climate. And mm. I feel like nowadays they understand that a lot better. It's very much a case of, oh, the thing that people liked about that was not <laughs> was not that it now sits in a current gaming climate. It's more that it reminds them of a certain time and a certain place. So Sonic Mania is complete retro throwback instead of this like attempt to make it realistic and story based like you get with Sonic 06. Um, and that's how it succeeds, you know, and then. Like Alex Kid DX is probably going to do a very similar thing where it's like, this is what people love about that franchise. Let's not muck around with it too much. Let's just enhance the visuals, give them some new content, and give them a, a way to play it on a modern system that you know they don't have to go and plug in a master system and <laughs> fetch the cartridge out. Or if it's you know, <laughs> so yeah. I, that's yeah, I, I much prefer that's that. That's a good point. So, yeah. I think I think Streets of Rage Four actually does a good job in balancing oh, the two. Right, brilliant, absolutely it, fantastic it's, game. It's it's an amazing game. Uh, it's 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 Streets of Rage, right? Mm. It's familiar. It, yep. You 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 get that it's a, a sequel. Absolutely. But it also does a, a few bits of new things there here and there. There's the combo system. Absolutely, yeah, a yeah. little bit different. Yep. Encourages you to to try to. You know, chain moves together and whatnot. So yeah, you can sort of juggle the characters against the wall and stuff, isn't it? It's very sort of True. modern fighting yep. game, sort of like yes. mechanics almost, yes. which is really cool. They fit really well into the Streets of Rage formula. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I, it's a it's an excellent game. I again, but it it completely it completely understands what people like about that franchise. They didn't exactly. want it to be gritty and realistic. They needed it to be over the top and arcadey because that's what mm -hmm. people went to those games for. And yeah, there's there's certain eras of Sega that didn't quite get that, but then when they do get it, it's like that's 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 Sega. That's what I want, right? Exactly. <laughs> I get it. That's that's, <laughs> that's what I, that's what I'm here for. So yeah. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so Lewis, it's time for something we do on the show called quick shots. Okay. Not uh, of the alcoholic um, <laughs> nature, but something different. So it's like a quick fire round. Okay, here. okay. Um, and what I have here in my hand, actually, it's my phone. But in my phone... <laughs> your I phone have, is in your hand, right? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And uh, I have some things, some, some words or phrases okay. that I'm going to read out to you. And what yep. I want to do is to tell me the first thing that pops into your head. Okay, okay. Okay. Ready? Yep. Video games. Mega Drive. Sega. Blue. <laughs> Sonic. Fast. Okay. Sega Driven. <laughs> My website. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the last one. Sonic Yoda. A bad nickname that stuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair enough. By the way, where did it come from? Oh, it's the whole. There's a joke in The Simpsons, right, where it's like, "Oh, Marge, you're you're as wise as Yoda," and I was like, "Oh, okay, so I'm the Sonic Yoda, right? I I'm the wisest <laughs> Sonic fan, so I'm the Sonic Yoda." <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it's it's complete. Blowing smoke up my own ass, but <laughs> it's um yeah. 
But um, yeah, it, it just stuck, right? It's just one of those things. I, I thought it was clever as a kid, and like <laughs> I was just like, oh, you know, that's the that's the thing that people have come to familiarize themselves with me now. So why yeah. get rid of it, right? <laughs> I, I I agree totally. Agree. <laughs> okay, so let's take a quick break. Um, cool. And when we come back, I have a surprise for you. Another okay. one. Okay. 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 Uh, don't say okay. Just wait. And okay. Then we'll see. <laughs> what <you> say? All <laughs> right. <laughs> Tired of listening to the same music on the radio over and over again? Wouldn't it be great if you could have a station that played your favorite Sega music and remixes 24 hours a day, 7 days a week? Luckily, there's Radio Sega, an online radio station dedicated to the best in Sega and Atlas music. And you can request your favorites at any time. Plus, Radio Sega has live shows every single day of the week, including a first-hand preview of the Sega Lounge. You can find the full schedule of shows and listen to the station by going to radiosega.net. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. Welcome back. We're here with Lewis, a.k.a. Hello. Sonic Yoda. Hi. Hello, yo. So, as I said before, there's a surprise. <laughs> it's something we call the Sega Lounge Challenge. Okay, okay. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean... Welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> what is the Sega Lounge Challenge, you ask? Well, it's it can be anything I want. <laughs> and this week, I'm going to put you through hell, basically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, okay. So I have uh, prepared for you the Sega-driven challenge. Right. So you're, you're obviously, you're the Sonic Yoda, <laughs> you're a, a very wise uh, Sonic and Sega fan, so I have 10 different challenges, including trivia questions and music-related challenges. All right, okay. okay. So to test your knowledge of Sega games and Sega music. Cool. So the max amount of points you can get from this challenge is 20 points. Right, okay. okay. Uh, my challenge to you is to at least get 10. Okay, okay, all right. Fairly, ten, ten, fairly ten, easy. 10's my goal, not. okay. Yeah, 10's your goal. So, the thing is, uh, with each question, you can get one or two points if right. you get a correct answer. So, let's, let's uh, for example, take a look at the first challenge, which is a Sega question, okay. a trivia question. So, you can choose between an easy question and a hard question. All right, if okay. you give me the correct answer to the easy question, you get one point. Yep. But if you uh, just take the leap and, and try the hard question and get it right, two okay. points. Okay. 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 So which one will it be for this first one? Easy or hard? <laughs> well, I think <laughs> as I've already, you know, boasted being about being the Sonic Yoda, then I should probably go in for the hard question first. So <laughs> let's do it. Let's go for it. Okay. Let's live uh, up to the maybe. name. Maybe one of the hardest in this quiz. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> Hard question. Okay. In Jet Set Radio, 
what is the name of the gang that runs the Koganicho area of Tokyo? <laughs> so oh, what is no. the name of the gang that runs the Koganicho area of Tokyo or Tokyoto? You had to do this with me with Jet Set Radio, a game that I'm not very fond of. <laughs> oh, um, I'm trying to think which ones I know. Is, is, is Incoming there a... hate mail. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> the... so, is there a... Is there I, the... I, I'm going to have to say the hint. Poison Gang or something like that? Okay, I'm going to give you a hint. It's okay. not the GGs. Right. That's my hint. I'm going to have to pass. I really just cannot like so bring anything what to... Di what did you say? What, what I said something like the Poison Gang was like this, was one of the ones I was poison trying to gang. think of. And I, I don't think that's that's right at all. So if you had to guess, like, gun to your head, Poison Gang. That's, that's what I'm going to go for. The correct answer is... Poison Jam. Oh my God! Very close. Very close. Uh, uh, you can't. You can't give me that though. No, honestly. Like... No, it's not really the Poison Gang. No, no, no. No, close, no. close. I knew it was Poison really. something, but like, yeah, I was just. Well, I, okay. I, I remembered one being Poison something. Let's put it that way. I yes, didn't know, yes, I didn't know the, necessarily. Almost there. Almost there. Uh, close. Close. But yeah, no, okay. that's fine. Let's go with uh, challenge number two. Challenge number okay. two is guess a game from a song. Or actually guess just the song if you can. Okay. You'll get one point for the game. Yep. And one point for the track. Okay. Uh, the title or where it plays in the game if you can. The stage. Okay, okay. Or something, okay? So okay. are you ready for yep. this? Let's do it. I have a, a 10 second long clip. Okay. Let's take a listen, okay? Go for it. Um, it's columns, and it's the flash columns mode. Hmm. Is that your final answer? Oh, no. <laughs> Don't make me doubt myself. Um, yeah, that's my I'm, final I'm answer. Not, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just asking I you a question. I couldn't tell you the name of the song, but um, it definitely sounds like it's the flash columns mode. So, yeah, that's my that's my answer. So, first of all, you get a point for the game. Okay. It's definitely columns. Right. Um, I think you're right. I think <laughs> it's the Flash Columns Mode song. Uh, okay. If anyone's listening to this and saying, no, don't <laughs> give him that extra point, I'm sorry. Because uh, I think he's right. This is Lethesis or Lethesis or whatever. Oh, it's the, just the one of the, of the choices song. of the songs. Right. Okay. Yeah. But but I think you're right, so I will give you that extra point. So two oh, points. All right. Okay. Well okay. done. Thank well you done. very much. That's very generous. Uh, let's see what happens next with number three, which is again a Sega question. Go for it. So again, easy or hard? Okay, let's do easy this time because I I naffed the uh, <laughs> the hard question last time. <laughs> let's see. Oh, by the way, you're uh, you have two points right now, so we need okay. eight more. Right. Question number uh, three. Easy question. What is the name? This is so easy. What is the name of Sega's portable system that allowed you to play Genesis games in handheld mode? That'll be the Genesis Nomad. So for one point, Sonic Yoda, are you absolutely sure? <laughs> How dare you draw this out so much? <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I am sure about this one. Yes, I am. Yes, it is correct. <laughs> that is correct. The Nomad was the correct answer, of course. This was too easy. Okay, time for the next challenge. So three points so okay. far. Not Not bad. Not bad at all. Number four is guess the track from lyrics. Okay. Okay, so one point, again, one point for the game. Yep. One point for the track if you manage to get it correctly. Okay. Okay, okay so I'm going to recite <clears throat> the lyrics to a certain Sega song. Okay. <clears throat> Tap the rhythm against the floor to look for another door. I am slipping to the mystery of the night. I know there is an easy way. But it is my choice anyway. Don't let me waste my time in futile thinking anymore. Fated not to be tamed. Watch me. I never will lean upon you. I can go by myself. Oh, well, it's... uh, I think the, uh, the last lyric there has kind of revealed it. Um, I think... I think it's uh, Believe in Myself, Tails' theme from Sonic Adventure. That is an interesting guess. Mm. By the way, why? <sighs> I'm trying to... So I remember doing a vocal cover of this for a very, a very long time ago for like a, a karaoke challenge thing for LMC. Um, Sonic Rex at the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And... That it seems to ring a bell, um, and I think I think I'm remembering those lyrics um, from that. But I, again, I should I thought... read them again? Not Go on that one more time. Helpful, one more time, but okay. One more time. Tap the rhythm against the floor to look for another door. I am slipping to the mystery of the night. I know there is an easy way. But it is my choice anyway. Don't let me waste my time in futile thinking anymore. Fated not to be tamed. Watch me. I never will lean upon you. I can go by myself. <sighs> Maybe it's not Tails' theme. I feel like it's I feel like it's a Sonic Adventure th- vocal theme though. Hmm. So one point for the game, one point for the track. So maybe at least one point. Okay. Um, maybe. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch from tales to. Um, oh no! Who could it be? <laughs> um, no, I'm just gonna go with my gut. It's tales' theme from Sonic Adventure. That's that's my final answer. That's your final answer. Yeah. Your answer is incorrect. Uh, I should have known. So I can go by myself, flying the freedom, flying the freedom from Sonic oh, Adventure Two. Rouge's of course. Theme. <laughs> but I, I, I got what you're, you're, you're thinking yeah, of the, yeah. the by myself and yeah, living yeah. myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I got it. I got it. Yeah. So. Still not doing too well points. here. Not doing too well three here. Points. This is this is very hard. This is very hard. But still, uh, six more challenges, if you will, okay. to go. Let's so do it. Next one is a second question again. Okay. So easy or hard? 
Um, I've got to get some points. Let's go hard. Okay. Skankfunk is the alter ego of which Japanese musician who is popular for working on several Sega franchises, including Sega Rally, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Yakuza? Skankfunk. Skankfunk. No, why can't I think of this? Ah. <laughs> Who is Skankfunk? I should, I should be seeing this more. Um, I, I think you, you know this. Hmm. Maybe you don't remember, but at least is from it, your is, right. Um, my guess is going to be days. my guess is going to be Hideki Naganuma. Why? Just because it sounds like something that he would use. He's got that sort of hip kind of techno-y like Nick, DJ nickname thing that that sounds like something he'd do but I don't think I've ever seen him use that nickname but which is why it's not coming to me directly which but is it's why the it's own, hard yeah yeah <laughs> I'm going to stick with it though I think I'm going to go so for your, your yeah. answer is Hideki it, Naganuma yeah yeah so Skankfunk is the alter ego of a Japanese musician who is popular for working on several Sega franchises, including, but not limited to, Sega Rally, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Yakuza. One of the other franchises he worked on was Jet Set Radio. So the answer is Hideki Naganuma. Oh, excellent. Oh, thank well you. <laughs> Finally got <laughs> he one. He did, a, a, I think, one or two tracks as Skank Funk for Yakuza. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, I don't yes. unfortunately have any of those like soundtracks on CD, unfortunately, because mm. yeah, they're 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 quite expensive to import. So. True, true that. True that. Okay, so two points. That means five points so far. Five out of ten. Good, good. So almost there. Let's go with uh, challenge number six. It's another song challenge. Okay. So guess the game from a song, or maybe guess the song and get an extra point. Okay. Are you ready? Let's take a listen. Okay. Um, Any guesses? I'm pretty sure that's Go Go Sega Rally from Sega Rally 2. Final answer? Yeah. Should I play it again? Final answer? No, no, go for, I, I, th I think that's friend. my final answer. I think that's my final answer. So you said Go Go Sega Rally? Yep. Right, from Sega Rally 2? Yep. Your answer is, Lewis, unfortunately incorrect. Oh, I thought it was this the solo was, bit. Oh, no. <laughs> this was replay from uh, Virtual Racing, and specifically the Sega Ages version of oh. Virtual Racing, actually. So, no. I'm letting no myself down here. There. This is not good. This is not good. <laughs> why, why am I falling down on the racing games of all things? Ten-second-long clip. It's, it's oh. too short. It's too short. Mm. Um, so, let's... let's Look at number seven, which okay. is a Sega question. So yep. easy or hard? It's got to be hard. I need those points. We're, we're running out of options That's here. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Five points so far. So we need we need more points. Yep. Let's go with number uh, number seven. So hard question. Okay. Hmm. It's an interesting one. What's the name of the 2D platforming game developed by Sega 
for the Sega Saturn, in which you play as the titular character and is set in the world of Portalia. 2D platformer for the Saturn. Yep. Set in Portalia. You play as the titular character. Portalia. Hmm. Right, I'm just going through my thinking. It's not Clockwork Night because that's sort of set in a child bedroom. Um, I'm going to go with Astel. Final answer? Yes, Astel is my final answer. Any particular reason why? It just... It has the right sort of quality to it. It sounds like something from a fantasy world, and Astel is very sort of fantasy-esque. So yeah, that's that's why I'm thinking it. Lewis, yeah. your answer is... Ah... Correct, actually. Well oh, done. Finally. <laughs> two points. Two points. Seven. Oh. Seven points. So almost there. Oh, with excellent. three challenges to go. Number okay. eight. We're going to take it up a notch a little bit. All uh, right. It's another another music okay. uh, challenge. It's, it's guess a name from a song in reverse edition. So I'm going to oh. play the clip, but it's in reverse. Oh, God. Let's see if okay. you can guess what this is. Right. Ready? Yep. Let's go. I feel like at least the game, perhaps, listening to it. Hang on. I've I've got it. What is that? That's Outrun. That is Splash Wave. Are you sure? Oh, hang on. Want me to play it again? Yes, please. It's definitely Outrun, but play the song again. Let's take a listen. Right, it's not Splash Wave, it's Passing Breeze. That's my final answer. Your answer is Passing Breeze from Outrun. Yes. Right. So, you get one point for the game. Yep. It's definitely Outrun. The track, though, was Passing Breeze. Of yes. Course. Two <laughs> points. Well done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so... Okay. Only one point away from our target of 10. Uh, Excellent. And the next challenge is a trivia question. So easy or hard? Okay. Um, I'm going to go only easy. Need one point. Yeah, I'm going to go easy this time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What is the name of the secret game built into some models of the Master System that you could access by pressing 1, 2, up when the Sega logo appeared? That'll be Snail Mates. And that is correct. One yes. point. Yes. So that's 10. But we have one more challenge left, which okay. is yet another Sega question. This time, though, you have no option. It's hard mode. Yeah, let's so do it. The final question for two points is 
Lewis, what okay. is the name of the Japanese exclusive Dreamcast game developed by Wavemaster and published by Sega, in which you play as a god trying to influence the life of a schoolboy? <laughs> oh, God. Um... <laughs> Play as sort of a god of a deity or something, trying to influence the life of a schoolboy. Hmm. Oh, I really don't know. That doesn't ring any bells at all. Um, I've got to try and guess something, right? Um. So exclusive. it's not really, um, how can I put this without giving you the answer? Um, <laughs> you, don't, you don't travel too much, you know, uh, in this game. You don't go around too much. Okay. It's sort of stuck in one place. Hmm. And that's the only <laughs> clue I'm going to give you. Yeah, I really don't know. This one is a little bit beyond me, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Sega Swell. <laughs> ah, that's, that would be a great uh, answer. Oh, it's, for... not, it's not Japan exclusive, though, is it? That's a stupid no, question. No, 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 no. That would be a great answer for last week's challenge, actually. Uh, but for this week, yeah, no, the correct I... answer... Go for it. Go on, tell me. ...is... Romania number Romania. Oh, okay. Yes. I didn't realize that was what that was about. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, that's so you apparently have to try and influence him to do th stuff. So, like, you oh. have to. I wonder if there's make a things fall or fan something translation or something on ROM hacking. I'm really curious about this. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to to play this. Yeah. I, I would love to get my hands on the CDs on the soundtrack. Oh right. Okay. They, they released it as a radio DC. Oh, that's fun. Oh, really cool. Yes. And they have a, like an, uh, a radio DJ there. Oh, that's really fun. I didn't there realize are some, that. Some yeah. interesting versions, for example, of um, I think which one is it? The Station Square theme from Sonic Adventure. Okay, yep. They have like a, a version with uh, people talking over it <laughs> in French. <laughs> that's really strange. And mildly sexual comments as well. So. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's yeah, definitely that, that, worth that a seems, listen. That seems appropriate for Sonic, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, <laughs> so that means 10 out of 20, which is amazing considering how hard this was. <laughs> and this means, Louis, you get the Sega Lounge seal of approval. I will send it to you <laughs> hey. after this. Oh, uh, thank you very much. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for being such a good sport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all good. I feel like just kicking myself over and over with getting these questions wrong. It's just like, oh, no, I should be better than this, right? <sighs> I, I don't think so. Don't think so. <laughs> this is really hard. <laughs> oh, I'll have to give the webmaster position over to Tracker now. That's it. It's, uh, <laughs> Fallen, fallen the last title. <laughs> and so that, that's an actual, an actual uh, very good segue into my next question. Uh, okay, so go you've for it. been joined by Tracker. Yeah, yeah. In, the, in last, recent years. Yeah, last couple right? of years. Um, yeah, no, it's been really nice having him on board. Um, yeah, no, it was one of those things where um, it, it just got to a point because I was running. Um, I, I, I did a, for a little while, I was doing a music blog called UK Scum Scene, which was all based on UK rock and metal and the whole, mm -hmm. you know, um, music scene over here and that was taking up a lot of my time as well but i still obviously didn't want to give up on sega driven because it's something i'm really you know very passionate about so 
Um, yeah, I saw Tracker mentioned that like if he if he, he if he was given the opportunity to write for any Sega website, he'd like to write write for Sega Driven, and it was really quite heartwarming to see because you know I I, I genuinely don't see an awful lot of like people talking about the website and stuff like that. So yeah, it just got to a point where I was like, I have to reach out and ask him because he's he's a really great guy, um, known him for years, and he's got his ear to the ground on a lot of really interesting niche Sega stuff that often I miss. Um, and I remember, like the first day he was he was writing for the site, he he reported on um, the Sega America forums closing, and it was some of the highest traffic I think we'd ever received on Sega Driven. And it was just like, okay, I clearly got the right guy on board here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he really knows what he's he's talking about, and yeah, he he picked up on something that I would have completely missed. Um, mm. So yeah, it's been lovely having him on board. Um, yeah, um, it's yeah, it just makes Sega Driven such a nicer place to to work on because i know that you know tracker will find something really interesting that i have completely just missed or wasn't particularly interested in myself but like another side of the fan base will definitely be interested in and yeah he'll he'll, he'll catch those things and report it and i'm he's a great writer like I, I can always rely on him to be a you know a solid read and yeah it's just been really nice to have him on board um i again i'm i feel very privileged that i've got someone like him who's so knowledgeable and such a you know he's got his own almost fan base as as of unto himself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so it's it's i feel very privileged to have someone like that because he could be writing for anybody you know and they'd be a huge benefit to their teams like he could be writing for sega bits or sega nerds and or mega vision and yeah it would be an absolute benefit to have someone like him on board so to have someone like tracker working for my website is is awesome and yeah i just i it's one of those things where I feel very lucky to have him there, and yeah, I, it's unfortunate. It's a shame that I, I I don't earn any ad revenue or anything that I can pay him with because you know he deserves just as much credit for you know Sega Driven's news section being as successful as it has been. And yeah, he 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 spotted um, the Sega Astro Mini news um, mm-hmm. when it when it leaked, and we managed to. I think we were the first English site to report on it, and that was one of the busiest days we had on the website as well. Um, again, huge credit to him. Uh, even though he obviously he didn't write the article, but like he was the one that spotted it. So yeah, again, hats off to him because I wouldn't have um, reported on it otherwise. I would have completely missed it because yeah, as as we all found out that that news bulletin was a, a little bit uh, jumped the gun a, a bit a bit. So um, <laughs> I don't think it got a formally announced until the following day. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, it's been really lovely having him on board. Yeah, and I'm, again, mm-hmm. I'm always just hugely thankful to have him there, and he's a huge benefit to the website. And I think you know, it's like I say, he could, he could be working for any other pages, any other page that has a lot bigger viewing than I do, <laughs> and he would be a huge <laughs> benefit to their team. So again, I'm, I feel yeah. extremely lucky to have him on board. Awesome. So shout out to Tracker. Yeah, absolutely, and man. Keep like, up the good work. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Okay, so what's in store for Sega Driven in the coming weeks, months? Anything you would like to to share? To yes, any plans? So, um, there's no big plans. It's very much sort of business as normal. There will be news to report on, and we will be updating the website uh, as and when I find more things to add to it. Whether that's hardware information or merchandise information, anything like that, I'll always intravenously put on the website, and um, yeah, just take my time with and scan and make sure it's the best quality it can be so yep sagadrim.com if you want to check out all goings on there uh, and, and obviously I, i've been trying to keep up regular video 
content as well on the YouTube channel. So that's uh, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Sega Driven. And uh, yeah, it's I, I'm averaging about you know a couple of videos a week at the moment. Um, and they're always nice and varied. You'll get something about a, a Sega racing game. You'll get something about a homebrew game. You'll get something about a Sonic fan game. You'll get, yeah, lots of different things on there. And it again, it, it's all different sides of the Sega spectrum. And I try and keep it interesting and different every time. So if you are mm. interested in what is hopefully quite informative but entertaining content um video wise then please head on over to the youtube channel I, I would very much appreciate a following because uh yeah i really enjoy doing that stuff it's um again it, it sort of allows me to indulge in the weirder side of sega and find some odd bits and pieces that don't quite suit the website but make for an interesting video so uh yeah um yeah please, please check it out yeah awesome uh, any plans for sage 2020 There will definitely be Sage coverage. Um, it probably won't be as extensive as it has been in previous years because, unfortunately, this year it lands during my uh, when I'm well when I go back to work. <laughs> so um, yeah. yeah, I'm hoping to do a couple of videos a day. Um, I try and cover as many games as possible uh, whilst the week is um, active. And um, yeah, I always 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 really enjoy covering Sage. Um, been covering it since 2012 now. Um, and like I say, Sonic fans Sonic fan games HQ was one of my first like discoveries when it came to the sonic fan game community and there's just this sega online in particular so yeah huge amount of passion for that scene um there's some really really interesting stuff by the looks of things coming out um and yeah mm -hmm. we will definitely be doing coverage on the youtube channel so yeah keep your eyes filled for that and we will probably be covering the hacking contest as well which yeah. i'm not too sure if that has been scheduled yet but it should be october or november time this year mm -hmm. awesome so yeah, so, yeah. Sage videos are definitely one of my highlights oh, when it comes it's... to your YouTube channel. So. <laughs> it's always really definitely. fun to do. I try to be, you know, like I said in a recent review, I don't like to, I don't like to dunk on people's fan games. I think if you're going to put in any sort of effort into to bedroom coding and putting in time and effort into a fan project, I think that should be commended, regardless of quality. Um, but if I if I try if I do a review, I like to be critical. I like to at least offer some ideas on how things can improve and how how things could be better on a following release. So I don't I, I like I like to think I'm not harsh, but like I like to again you know offer fan game developers some sort of level headed criticism that talks about strengths and weaknesses. And yeah, it's it's always really fun to do. I I it's it's annoying that I can't do them written because I like to write a script and actually structure a video so that it, it flows well and it's you know i i actually plan what i'm saying but because of the very limited amount of time i get to cover sage it's normally just running for a week i have to do those things off the cuff and it's yeah, very, it's very yeah. much me just using some notes and just sort of reciting my own thoughts so it's a little bit more freeform i guess is the is the the way those videos come out but um yeah it's it's always really fun to do um and again i try to be as level-headed as possible i don't like to to just outright take the mick out of people's projects i think it's incredibly um i think it's fantastic that people dedicate so much time to making fan projects i think it's really really cool to see and they should be commended for that sort of thing so i i, I want to highlight those those things first but not yeah 
I, I'm not I'm not here to to, to to take the mick or anything like that. That's not my goal with these things. I want you to make the best fan project you can, you know? So, And, and the quality has been improving in recent years as well, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. In, I mean, in some of those games, some of them are really, really good. Yeah, no, it, I mean, there's some great resources as well for fan game developers now because there's obviously, mm -hmm. when it comes to the Games Factory, you've got things like Sonic Worlds, which is a fantastic 2D engine, which feels almost identical to 16-bit Sonic, you know, like it will just give you the right feeling from the get-go. And then it's just a case of, you know, d designing your games and your levels so that they flow well and they look nice, you know. It's it's very much, you, you get a good core basis. And you got got the 3D guys have things like GDK now, which is a great engine for sort of momentum-based Sonic gameplay in, in a 3D space. I think that's a, a, a wonderful piece of equipment that people now have to add their resource. But at the same time, there's people making bespoke engines and games from scratch and incredible works and just yeah there's some amazing stuff out there uh, i mean on the 3d side alone you've got things like sonic utopia and islands um just wonderful games and i think they're they're very much they're, they're built from the ground up and it's amazing to see and yeah i mean we've got and, and on the 2d side of things we've got things like sonic 2 hd which is again feels amazing to play and Built from the, entirely the ground up and looks wonderful, and I, I really hope to see more of that in the, in the future. So, yeah, some great stuff yeah. out there. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, people, keep an eye on uh, SegaDriven.com, the YouTube yep. channel. So we'll have all the links in the show notes for this podcast episode as well. Brilliant, so thank you. Definitely uh, have a look. One last question, Lewis. Okay, okay. And it's the question I ask all of my guests. Yep. As you are well aware, um, Sega claimed that the Genesis, I think this was a US thing, yep. they claimed that the Genesis had blast processing, <laughs> uh, which was nothing, but okay, <laughs> a very cool marketing gimmick. Yep. So if you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why? <laughs> <laughs> not, so not not just a game, just any anything. Anything, anything in the world. <laughs> Make it more powerful. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um. Oh God. Um. <laughs> um. Wow, that's a real tough question. Um. I, I'd like to th think that I, we could do something more beneficial for the world with blast processing, right? Um. Maybe, maybe we could blast process, um, like charity funding for third world countries. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say things like, oh, you know, blast process my car or something, right? Like, <laughs> that's, 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 that's no I, good. I've heard my bike recently. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, uh, I mean, fair play, you know, <laughs> but let's try, let's, I, I, I like to do something more beneficial for more other people. Right. So, uh, I don't know, blast process yes. funding for, for, for charities and things like that. Hey, <laughs> definitely, definitely. That would, that would be great help, even though it's not a real thing, but you know, if it was a real thing, uh, it would be nice. Wouldn't it be fantastic? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it would. It would. Okay, okay that'll Lewis be my Clark, aka Sonic Yoda. Thank you so much for for coming on on the Sega Lounge. Hey, anytime, any, Casey. Any any last words for people listening to us, and anything you'd like to mention about Sega Driven or whatever else you have lined up? Well, um, you know, thank you for anybody that's been um, interested in the website and the YouTube channel for however long you've been paying attention to what I do. Um, 
it genuinely does mean a lot. Um, I don't on, honestly hear from an awful lot of people in regards to sort of fan feedback or anything like that. So it's uh, quite humbling to be told that I'm a legend of the community. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for that. But also at the same time, thanks to you know Radio Sega for all the support that you've given us like over the years. Um, it's always been an absolute like just a lovely thing to be able to take part part in when we were doing the Cyber Razor Cut on the on the on on Radio Sega and coming back for Winter Fest every now and again. I always always relish in doing those things and yeah, Radio Sega has always been a huge supporter and I, I wanna thank both yourself and everybody that works on on shows and the on, and the website and the forums because yeah, you you're you're great people and it's such a lovely community and I'm glad that it's run as long as it has because yeah it's always it's always been there for me and uh, <laughs> I'd like to think I'm always there for you guys as well so <laughs> oh definitely yeah. and that's a good cue to to tell people who are not familiar with the cyber razor cut that you should definitely go back and listen to uh, all the episodes they are available everywhere so yeah, Apple no, podcast Spotify that was really cool to see that Radio that go up onto Spotify well. recently so yeah that's yeah. yeah that yeah if you want any more historical audio ramblings from myself then yeah the cyber razor cut was a show i did oh back in 2013 to 2015 i think it was and yeah so a sega remix show um very much enjoyed doing that and it was lovely to be a part of the radio sega family for a little bit and great humor as well so <laughs> that's uh, another reason to to download or stream the episodes <laughs> okay lewis thank you very much for no your worries. time thank you very much for coming well. on the show oh, and anytime. i hope we we can catch up on on Sega driven news in the future. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Yes, we'll we'll do. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Take care, Casey. A big thank you to Lewis for being such a great sport, even in the face of a very, very tough challenge. I probably need to tone it down a little when we come back in September, don't you think? Let me know your thoughts on that and whatever else you want to talk to me about the podcast. We're on social media, at the Sega Lounge on Twitter and at facebook.com slash the Sega Lounge. You can also use the email address podcast at thesegalounge.com to share comments and suggestions. I'm always interested in hearing from you guys, especially if you have any suggestions for future guests. Know anyone in the community you think deserves some extra attention and love? Any developer of a particular game you love or a musician? Podcast at thesegalounge.com You can also go to thesegalounge.com, our official website, for all previous episodes and to comment on the episodes with our brand new comments feature. Or, you know, subscribe to the Sega Lounge podcast and I will love you forever. As I said before, I'm taking a break during the month of August. I will actually be doing stuff for the show while I'm on break, but there won't be any new episodes until September. We'll return with a show dedicated to this year's Sage Expo. It's the event's 20th anniversary and we'll be covering it in early September. Until then, and for the next four weeks, keep your eye on our podcast feed for something a bit different. Starting next week, I'll be posting some of the short interviews I did for the Manic Lounge segment of the Manic Money Show a couple of years ago. 
The first one will be my chat with Matt Furness, a living legend of retro video game music. If you're subscribed, it'll be delivered straight to your device when it's available next week. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for sticking with me for the past few months. Have a wonderful month of August and stay safe out there. I'll be back in September. Bye-bye. The Sega Lounge, hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opussciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to kc at radiosega.net. Follow us on Twitter at The Sega Lounge. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.